welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This is CX, our customer experience podcast at West Monroe Partners. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagan. Hey, Paul, how are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. Glad to be here. Excellent. All right, Paul. So we've seen, I would say, over the last maybe six months, we, we started to see some um, reports uh, from industry analysts, uh, a lot of statistics around the success or lack thereof of customer experience programs. It, it was interesting. There was an article uh, a few months back from Bob Thompson at customerthink.com, uh, which you were actually interviewed for, uh, where he, he brings up this specific stat around from uh, 2016, 89% of companies expect to compete mostly on the basis of customer experience. But based on some of the research he's done, that really only about 23% actually of these organizations might claim uh, tangible benefits uh, from CX investments and, and a little getting up to about 30% kind of saying, so, yes, we're having success. We see that we're able to differentiate our organization through customer experience or can attribute differentiation through customer experience. Those aren't great numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little scary in our profession. Yeah. I thought we might take this time to talk a little bit about why we think that is. You know, what maybe organizations that are part of the 89% that, you know, expect to compete or want to compete through it, but maybe aren't in that 30% of success, what they can do to move the needle. Yeah, so there's a couple of interesting things in there. First of all, you know, 89% expect to compete, well, or, or differentiate based on customer experience. Well, 89% can't possibly differentiate. <laughs> some people will differentiate and some people won't. Or will differentiate in a, in a, in a kind of negative way. You know, they'll underperform and differ, <laughs> differentiate themselves out of the market. So not everyone can succeed in it. Um, you know, that's the bottom line. There's another interesting aspect. I mean, he said 30% will, you know, uh, uh, only 30% claim success in terms of tangible benefits or differentiation. And there's two different things, right? It's not just that you don't differentiate. You may not be able to differentiate, but tangible benefits. I mean, there's so many benefits to get to come from uh, customer experience. So when you're focused on customers, it should streamline your operations and increase your operational efficiency, lower your cost to serve. You know, it should result in more loyal customers that uh, that that buy more for, from you. You know, so increasing revenues. You know, those don't necessarily have to come solely from being differentiated on customer experience, but you know, our tangible benefit. I, I've been worried for a while that you know, I mean, customer experience has gotten very hot everywhere you look around. You know, there are a thousand different vendors. Um, you know, uh, pitching pitching uh, customer experience wares. We talked about it in, a, in, a, in, a, in another uh, a podcast that we, we did around you know, the smiley faces uh, or the emojis, right? When you see emojis you know, pitching themselves as a customer experience tool, you know, you're kind of in trouble. And, and the question that's you know, in the back of my mind is you know, we go through cycles and, and are, are we at a, you know, a, at a place where People may be getting tired. They're not if they're not seeing those tangible benefits that they give up on customer experience and try something new. Um, in my mind, this stuff is all cyclical. It's the problems will still be there. I don't care if you call it CRM in the past, customer experience today, customer success tomorrow, uh, or customer engagement or something else. 
The bottom line is companies are trying to focus on customers and give them what they want or what they expect um, and, and drive value through that exchange. Um, you know, I, I give you value and you give me, you know, your time and attention and, and, and money. So, but I do think, you know, many, you know, customer experience pros can be at risk. You can be in a customer, a customer experience leader. And if you're not showing those benefits, you know, we certainly see companies backpedaling on customer experience, getting rid of their chief customer officer, um, shelving their customer experience team. And, you know, to me, uh, uh, you know, there's a couple problems there. One is, um, you know, the customer experience leader may not have uh, uh, executed and shown value to the company soon enough. You know, maybe set up a great voice of the customer program and some great insights, but didn't really help the company to take action that, uh, you know, demonstrated value to the company. Um, I think a really big problem is I, I don't believe execs understand what customer experience is, is is really all about you know they they often think of it maybe as a uh, a, a marketing type of thing or a soft fluffy thing i've, I've heard executives say you know how long is it going to be till we get customer experience differentiation you know a year and a half two years and we'd be done with it <laughs> you know and I, I think you you know to me customer experience is, is your entire value delivery system how do you deliver value to customers and if you're not, if you're, if you're fundamentally not delivering that value in a way that customers perceive that it's valuable, you know, you may be changing some massive things in that value delivery system and that affects all parts of your organization. So I think there's a lot of, you know, execs that just underestimate what it really, really takes. So let me ask you this, Paul. I mean, certainly the operational efficiency piece, um, when we talk about some of the economics related to customer experience, right, there's the project economics, which... Um, I think we, uh, I, I would kind of closely relate that from an operational standpoint, right? The efficiency gain that we expect to receive by investing. Um, and I think every, I think that's more tangible than maybe say some of the loyalty economics uh, that kind of come into play, um, especially in a very dig digital driven world where it's getting easier and easier to, um, as a customer to jump right from from one uh from from one competitor to the next do you see it as full expected kind of return on the investment do, do you see that being a challenge for organizations um it, it's kind of to me uh, like either everyone's doing the same thing it becomes sea of sameness and you, yeah we're going to make it as efficient as possible and that's the differentiator in their mind but that's not the true differentiator because it doesn't set them up for long-term success or do we see it you say cyclical um are we going to see organizations you know kind of go up and down up and down up and down in terms of some realizing some of these benefits because people are kind of uh, companies kind of, you know, jump over each other and they try and ramp up their efforts or I mean, what do you kind of see as the end game or the long term um, to, to show that, you know, organizations will ultimately, you know, they, that they can differentiate themselves for a long time. So I think the notion of, of managing um, customers or managing to customers, managing your organization around and being customer centric, that idea 
is not ever going to go away. It may change. The words around it may change, but you know, the core of whatever exists is about delivering value in exchange for, for money. Um, and, and being as efficient at delivering that value as possible. And, and then being able to charge for value that other, other companies can't quite deliver. So we can change the, the words around this. Um, um, and, and that's where I see some of the cyclical kind of things. You go through, a, you know, a fad and it has a hype cycle and then, you know, there's a downturn and then, you know, maybe something, you know, then maybe it peaks up or maybe, you know, a new, new term comes along. But I think the core of it will continue to exist and remain there. I think some companies that get it and have invested in it, the gap between those companies and those who are trying to catch up and trying to re architect their technology infrastructure that are trying to re-architect their organizational design that are you know maybe in 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 capital you know publicly traded companies that are under you know quarterly financial pressure gosh the, I, I, there's there's some some companies that it's just you wonder whether they'll survive because the gaps are going to widen you know and and new companies are going to come along that have a different technology architecture and organizational design from scratch so they don't have these you know multi-generational uh, uh, organizational silos and you know and or culture um, that they're dealing with and you know are going to ad- be much more adaptable to, to to market conditions so there's there's a question to me whether you know uh, whether whether some of the organizations will even survive much less the customer experience leaders so I, I still I think this stuff is valid no matter what and I think again, most initiatives in my mind, customer experience initiatives, fail in execution. And to me, you know, I, I don't necessarily always blame chief customer officers. I go straight to the top of, you know, the leadership and, you know, CEO and C-suite um, and, and challenge whether they truly understand how the value stream across the company and how it's orchestrated uh, and put together is how customer experience is delivered. It's not a front lines problem. It's not a customer service problem. Um, you know, it really is that entire value delivery system that, that, that sometimes needs to get, you know, upended. And, and again, you know, uh, I say that with, 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 you know, biting my lip a little bit too, because I also understand that companies are under, you know, enormous, uh, enormous pressure, especially if you're a public company and you've got quarterly earnings, um, great companies, you know, in Amazon, you're a little bit lucky because, you, you, you look at, uh, you know, you, you, you don't worry about the quarterly earnings. You're really operating your company on a long-term basis, doing things which are be- good for customers over the long term, and that pays off. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to just, you know, turn the dime on customer experience. It really takes a concerted, a concerted effort. That doesn't mean you can't get short-term benefits. And, you know, again, to me, what's, what's, what's concerning about the you know, the, 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 the Bob Thompson you know, customer think data is only 30% are seeing, you know, either differentiation or tangible benefits. And to me, there's an ex- again, that execution problem at a very, very fundamental level of you should be able to be, see tangible benefits right away, aligning the way you work with what customers, you know, are trying to do. And so there's a disconnect. And, you know, we did an episode just recently on, on, on customer insights. And, you know, a lot of times we know a lot about customers who can't take action on it. That's a problem, right? Because if you could take action on it, you would see tangible benefits right away. You know, you mentioned that this isn't easy, that there's concerted effort. 
um, in order to, to make this change. Um, it is a change after all. So um, <laughs> anytime you, you change is hard, right? Um, so, so with that said, and, and you know, the focus on um, execution, what, what are maybe the top couple of things that organizations who still, you know, they, be, they, they believe in being able to differentiate themselves through customer experience, but don't think or don't see the, the tangible benefits? What are maybe the top two or three things that they can do initially to, to try and re, rewrite the ship or maybe as a way to re-motivate them or kind of get them back on that path? I think the first thing is the leadership has to be serious about this and role model the behavior. If you're, you know, the CEO and the, and the, and the leadership team ought to be listening to customers on a daily basis um, you know, doing close, you know, if you got a, you've got a voice that you're listening to customers doing closed loop, those follow-up calls, you know, being engaged with those, right. They ought to be role, role modeling, listening to making decisions based on taking action on customer insights. And they ought to be at the forefront of changing behaviors and, and making customer, you know, insights and, and, and analysis, you know, core part of what they do and how they do their work. To me, that's where it starts. Any company, you know, some companies don't have good listening programs, right? That's got to be an initial core of, you know, standing those things up and starting to listen to customers. The second right behind that is then, you know, creating mechanisms to take action. We, you know, our, a previous episode, we, we talked a lot about um, making insights matter, um, taking action on those insights. There's a lot of great tips around how do you make you know, start exercising that muscle of of taking action on what you're what you're hearing and what you're what what you're learning. Um, you know, I would say those are you know, and, and then I would exercise that, but start the change management process early. Um, you're you're often in in fixing problems and then more proactively, intentionally designing customer experiences starting to ask people to act differently, make decisions differently, measure their their, their work um, and their jobs differently, um, um, it, it look at their processes differently, right? All of those types of things. And, and that's where, you know, to me, the heavy lifting really, really then starts. I think you can get really great early wins. Focus early on on, on early wins and the low-hanging fruit and use that as momentum uh, to make, you know, start making the bigger change, um, you know, that, that will happen around technology and organizational design. But I would start on that stuff, you know, sooner rather than later. And again, the CEO and, and the executive team have really got to be bought in on, uh, you know, thinking about that those changes early and often. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, I think even even in the the mindset of what if customers' perceptions are changing and you're losing your differentiation because the because the customer's not necessarily recognizing that. I, I think if you have all those core components in place you're going to be able to recognize those changes early and you're going to be able to pivot and address those needs, right? So if you have those core components that you just talked about, even even if customer expectations, or I should say when customer expectations change, <laughs> exactly. you're going to be prepared for that um, and, and be able to uh, address accordingly. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, uh, this will be a little shorter take, but uh, you know, not all doom and gloom, but certainly a lot of work. And and uh, as CX professionals, we got to be 
willing and able um, to roll up our sleeves and and uh, also inspire the rest of our organizations to roll up our sleeves together and and uh, to tackle this head on because it is a lot of effort. It's hard, but the the rewards at the end, uh, you know, as you that are recognized through throughout are are well worth it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll leave it there today. Paul, thanks again for joining us. And uh, thank you all for uh, listening in. Uh, Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with another episode shortly. Thanks, Mike. And thanks to listeners. Thanks, Paul. Bye.